Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Hi, thanks so much for joining me. Today you're listening to another episode of Study, Grow, Know, and this one's called Sussman Squeals and Other Hits. Well, at the top of the transcript, I've got some links for you, and I've also got links throughout this particular episode that are in the transcript, so you'll want to check that out if you want to see where I'm getting my information. So the big question is, is the end near for Hillary Clinton? That actually may end up being the case, unless Michael Sussman is found not guilty of everything or anything. For the record, the government against Sussman has just rested its case. The case brought to court by John Durham and team has revealed important facts that were considered and consistently denied by those on the left, as well as mainstream media bureaus. Anything Hillary was said to have possibly done was considered fake news. So it was originally alleged that Donald J. Trump, then candidate for president, was in bed with Russia through a secret channel of Alpha Bank Kremlin to allegedly gain their help in winning office over Hillary. Now, this accusation was met with gasps of surprise and condemnation by Hillary herself because of it, as well as many others on the left. But it appears that this allegation turns out was completely fabricated by Team Hillary and that Hillary not only knew of the lies, but approved them and paid for their development using people like Michael Sussman, Robbie Mook, John Podesta, all members of her election campaign, as well as others. Now, according to Sussman's own testimony in court under oath, please read Greg Rubini's article. I've got a link to that that details Sussman's own admission from court transcripts. But according to that testimony, he approached James Baker, FBI high-ranking lawyer, to introduce him to certain information he had as what he called himself was a concerned citizen. And he guaranteed Baker that he did not represent any client. Well, it turns out that this was a lie. Proof of his lies were supplied to the court showing that Sussman went to Baker on behalf of of Hillary Clinton. And for more on this from another perspective, there's another link to the real Toria Brooke thread. It's also interesting. And there was actually a paper and billing trail from Sussman to Clinton and the many hours he billed her for his work to create the allegations about Trump. Now, James Baker at the FBI received the paperwork and the electronic data supplied by Sussman, and he turned it over to two top forensic investigators at the FBI. I find this next part interesting. It took them all of one day to determine that the allegations against Trump were completely bogus, fully made up. What what happened after this, though? Well, we had the Robert Mueller, quote unquote, investigation into Trump that took, oh, a year or so and over $30 million in taxpayer money to ultimately come up with a not guilty of anything that would lead to his impeachment. But in spite of this, people still continue to wrongly refer to Trump as having been impeached. He was not impeached at all. Bill Clinton 
was actually impeached. However, he was not removed from office because there were not enough votes at the time in Congress to do so. Bill Clinton was literally and legally impeached. Trump was not impeached at all. Hillary wanted to be president and seemed to understand that people preferred Donald J. Trump over her. I can't understand why, can you? So in an attempt to derail him, the allegations of Russian collusion with Trump were created. And when this failed to keep him from being elected, things continued with various allegations designed to shipwreck his term in office. In fact, false and libelous allegations dogged Trump for the entire four years of his presidency, and they continue to dog him today. They couldn't keep from they couldn't keep him from becoming president, right? They could not successfully impeach him in order to remove him from office either. And when that didn't work, it became, hey, let's just continue to make life miserable for him and those who support him. So, what will happen with Hillary? Well, the government case against Sussman actually may involve much more than just Sussman. There are rumors of a complete criminal conspiracy that was directed at Trump. And if this is the case, then it could very well mean that Hillary was the head of the snake. And if so, it could mean that she will ultimately be arrested and charged with criminal conspiracy. It appears that uh, she started this whole ball rolling by paying people to create false allegations against Trump. Not only did she smear a candidate for political office, but she continued to work to destroy him while he was president. The idea of a vast criminal conspiracy directed at Trump is looking more and more like reality. Time will tell. And depending upon what continues to come out, Trump may be in the perfect position to sue Hillary and actors who worked with her to bring down Trump. Now, if Hillary was involved in this, it's clear that she is a despicable human being and will stop at nothing to get what she wants. And if this is the case, she belongs in prison for a very long time, as do those who helped her. But this is the way the left rolls. And I guess it's not just the left. It's any person on either side of the aisle who is corrupt. They'll lie as often as they feel the need. And some of them will even quote scripture when they can twist it for their perceived benefit. They'll lie against people they don't like or who are in their way in an attempt to bring them down to get them out of the way. But again, you know, this behavior is not new at all. In fact, it's as old as time. Nehemiah 6 highlights an interesting situation in which leftists, I call them, corrupt people, they were at it. They were attacking Nehemiah with fake situations and lies in order to derail him from doing the Lord's work. Let's take a look. Verses 1 to, I guess, 2 here. Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall, and there were no breaks left in it, though at the time I had not hung the doors in the gates, that Sanballat and Geshem sent to me saying, Come. Let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me harm. So why did Sanballat and the rest try to meet with Nehemiah? Well, according to Nehemiah, they thought to do him harm. 
He understood that these men were his enemies. They were opposed to God's work, and regardless of whether or not they appeared to want to stand with him. Well, then the Nehemiah, uh, his enemies, took a different tact, starting in verse 5 through, I guess, verse 7. Then Sanballat sent his servant to me as before, the fifth time, with an open letter in his hand, and in it was written, It is reported among the nations, and Geshem says, that you and the Jews plan to rebel. Therefore, according to these rumors, you are rebuilding the wall that you may be their king. And you have also appointed prophets to proclaim concerning you at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah. Now these matters will be reported to the king. So come, therefore, let us consult together. Oh, isn't that sweet? Isn't that just nice? No, it really isn't. It's interesting, though, isn't it? Sanballat turns from trying to meet with Nehemiah to actually accusing him of doing several things that would appear treasonous to the real king of the land at the time. Now, interestingly, Nehemiah was actually a cupbearer for the king, and the king had given him permission to go to Jerusalem to rebuild the wall. Sanballat may or may not have known about this agreement between Nehemiah and the king, but he was trying to sound authoritative in hopes of scaring Nehemiah into stopping work on the wall around Jerusalem. Well, Nehemiah responded to Sanballat with these blistering words in verse 8. Then I went to, then I sent to him, sorry, saying, No such things as you say are being done, but you invent them in your own heart. Hmm. So Nehemiah essentially calls out Sanballat, not only denying his charges, but turns the tables and calls Sanballat a liar. Sanballat's efforts were not working because Nehemiah saw through it, and he continued with the things that he needed to get done on the wall. Now, as if all this was not enough, Nehemiah encountered another problem from someone else who turned out to be a spy, a secret informer. This guy, by the name of Shemaiah, did what he did for payment from Sanballat. People were brought or bought then as they are now, apparently. Wave enough money in front of certain people's faces and they'll give you whatever you want. Greed has that effect on many people, as I'm sure you know. And Sanballat appears to be a wealthy person because of servants, etc. So Shemaiah, he comes to Nehemiah and he wants Nehemiah to hide himself in the temple and to close and lock the doors because he told Nehemiah that they wanted to kill him. So if he locked himself inside the temple, he would be protected. In essence, though, Nehemiah would be doing a couple of things wrong. First, he would be deserting his post, which would amount to treason and therefore sin. And secondly, the Mosaic law prohibited anyone but actual priests from seeking sanctuary inside the temple, and Nehemiah was not a priest. He knew he had no business trying to shut himself up inside the temple for his own safety. Shemaiah is just one of many false prophets that we see littering the land today who centuries ago said what people wanted to hear and could be bought with a price. So Nehemiah did not allow himself to be bullied or pushed around by Shemaiah. Clearly, because of Nehemiah's faithfulness, God provided Nehemiah with wisdom and discernment. And we see that in verse 12, quote, Then I perceived that God had not sent him at all, 
but that he pronounced this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. So the words, then I perceived, show that Nehemiah was given godly insight into what was happening, discernment. It seems clear that God revealed this information to Nehemiah. It is also clear that God will choose to reveal information to us as we live in the same way Nehemiah lived, in constant dependence upon and submission to God. So these enemies of Nehemiah, and of course also of God, tried three times to harm Nehemiah or destroy his reputation. Yet in each situation, he was not deterred because of his faith in God. That faith provided the opportunity for him to have clarity of thought, wisdom, and discernment. Interestingly enough, there appears to be uh, what has been called a mass psychosis occurring throughout the world, built on lies. These lies are designed to get people to respond in a certain way, often against better judgment. For instance, we are now told that two pandemics, bird flu and monkeypox, are here, so we need to be scared again. I continue to see people wearing masks in public and acting fearfully around those who don't wear masks. Well, here are some ominous words from former CDC director Redfield about the bird pandemic. Quote, I believe the great pandemic is still in the future. This was months ago when he said this. And that's going to be a bird flu pandemic for man. It's going to have significant mortality in the 10 to 50 percent range. It's going to be trouble. Ooh, ooh, are you scared? Well, how would Redfield know that? Well, according to LifeSite News, with a link in the transcript, apparently Bill Gates helped fund more gain-of-function research into the bird flu that forever, it seems, has not really been a problem for human beings. However, because of the research, the gain-of-function research they did, and read mad scientists in their lab with God complexes, they were able to cross the bird flu with the 2009 H1N1 swine flu virus, creating an airborne hybrid capable of completely evading the human immune system, effectively rendering humans defenseless against it. Why would they do that? Why would they do that? Well, then there's the monkeypox, or is that the moneypox with a silent K? Apparently, the WHO isn't too worried about this thing. Uh, but don't forget, initially, Fauci and others completely downplayed COVID, too, and said, oh, ignore it. Go about your daily lives. But the USA has already purchased $119 million worth of monkeypox vaccines. Oh, and speaking of who, the who, they're in talks now on whether to accept those nations who have offered to hand over sovereignty to the UN to decide when, where, how the next pandemic will be dealt with, and the WHO will have loan authority. It appears Biden is willing to hand over U.S. sovereignty, which is actually treason, absolutely treason. And I know it's been voted on before, but these new amendments that are being offered to the WHO within this treaty are the treasonous part of the problem. Now, if this goes through, and why wouldn't the WHO grab that? It will take effect November 2024. So we've got time, right? Mm -hmm. Two years gone in a flash. If U.S. sovereignty is given to the WHO, there will likely be plenty of people in the USA who will ignore it and continue living by the Constitution. 
Now, I suppose the WHO could then send in UN blue helmets or possibly federal government could direct police officers to start enforcing any mandates issued by the WHO. But would that work? Well, in blue states, it would most likely work. In red states and in the South, would that work? I can't imagine it except possibly in the bluish areas of those red states, and every red state has blue areas. But I can't imagine sheriffs going along with it at all. But the men and women in blue? Well, certainly possible. Many will just simply follow orders. But beyond this, much of the world is in a drought. World War III is kind of happening. Gas prices are skyrocketing and going higher. We keep sending billions of dollars over to Ukraine, uh, which just simply affects our bottom line and our economy. Food prices are also breaking records because of a growing food shortage and other supply chain issues that started with CB lockdowns. So for now, they've allowed us to have our freedom back to a degree. But we are to understand in no uncertain terms that those freedoms can and will be revoked at any time with the next so-called pandemic. So be ready to immediately click your heels together, salute, and ask how high when told to jump. Your full cooperation makes the globalist's job so much easier, you know? I mean, they don't really want to send in the troops, but they will if they have to. You know, the left lies. It's what they do to gain the advantage and to put their ideologies into play. The left will lie, cheat, and and again, this is corrupt people. Most of them seem to be on the left, but there are some on the right as well. They will lie, cheat, steal, and threaten to get their way. Yet this same group of people, these corrupt cowards, constantly portray conservatives as the violent ones, which isn't the case. The left is always projecting onto conservatives what they, the left, does and says. The MSM always backs the left up. Why? Because all news networks are owned by six companies with left-wing CEOs. Now, we live in dangerous and disingenuous times. Learn to be careful, and you can only be careful when you are alert Live in constant communication and communion with God in Christ. Learn to trust him for wisdom, discernment, and a growing faith that he will meet our needs. Be like Nehemiah. Well, thanks so much for joining me today. And uh, I pray until we meet again that God would open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in him. You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective. 